0: Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 233. My name is Colin O'Hearn, and with me this week... He's had a bit of a bicycle accident, and he's currently waiting on some medical advice. It's Chris Hallam. Hello. And this may affect some of her upcoming shows. It's Alice Bell. Hello. Now, I won't light you, right? So, a peek behind the the curtain. We're recording this earlier than we uh, generally record the podcast, recording it on a Monday... Uh, so, under a bit of pressure to find something
1: Yeah, right For,
0: for this week S- So, what is that? Apparently, Ed Sheeran has injured himself oh a- On oh a bicycle no. And, as I said, it may affect some of his upcoming shows That was good enough for me I'm alright I was I'm under right pressure for time And, yeah, has anyone had a bicycle? I've, I mean, I've had multiple bicycle ac- accidents Oh, yeah I, I once... Uh, Or a car It was really strange Because it happened in slow motion I was cycling along And a car Was kind of pulling around the corner Again, very slowly And we kind of just We collided But at a snail's pace It was really (laughs) It was really strange She was very apologetic She was a lovely lady She was Mrs. O'Donovan I believe was her name Uh, She was quite a nice lady Has anyone had a bicycle accident, no? No Yeah
2: I tore the patella tendon in my knee Fucking hell Yeah I, um slipped on black ice so basically i was i used to Ooh, commute ice back ice. and forth from work and i was going across the crossroads not at a fast pace just up the hill towards my mum's house in sheffield and yeah i i just hit this piece of black ice that you couldn't even obviously you can't see black ice really can you That's and the idea, Yeah, i went <laughs> Absolutely, I must have gone about twenty, thirty meters across the oh, foot. It black was. ice, yeah, the yeah, black ice across. And the you too. felt it was like a, a dry sponge crunching in your hand. That's what it
0: feels Thankfully, like. Thankfully, though, because we uh, it's just boiling today. We won't we won't have to worry about anything like that. No we weather won't. is glorious. Apart from the gang well, back home, mind yourselves, lads, for fuck's sake.
1: Yeah, Ireland is in the grip of a, a hurricane currently. Right,
0: apparently so. Ophelia. Yeah, Ophelia. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Shaking my He's confidence, like, baby. So
1: a guy who was, it was really funny, so a guy like, tweeted at like the island rail and was like, any chance of cancelling the 510 from wherever to wherever tomorrow because I could do with a lion? And they were like, uh, no, no plans yet, but like we'll let you know. And he was like, I'll probably know before you do because I'm the one driving <laughs> <laughs> On to the
0: news this week, and we're getting a bit political. Starting off, boys and girls, because. Oh no. Apparently, right? It's not, we're not, loot boxes are in the news once again. Oh yeah! Uh, because a Labour MP has submitted questions about the legality of loot boxes to the government. Uh, the MP in question is Daniel Zeichner. Uh, he's the MP for Cambridge. And after, he, he had a discussion with one of his constituents, uh, about, or they, they asked him basically if gambling laws should apply to loot boxes in games. He has taken this question, he has now brought it to the government, uh, which he did on the 6th of October, and they have a month to respond to him. And there was also a petition set up, uh, basically, uh, trying to get loot boxes to adapt the gambling laws
2: yeah it's basically because when um say kids are playing video games and there's the option to buy a loot box and they see that as an exploitation of children so by applying gambling laws to it it will restrict the audience that can access these things no if i was to play devil's
0: advocate right middle earth shadow of war yeah is a game that off the top of my head i have no idea but i would hazard a guess it's for 15s or 18s yeah absolutely no which, well, I suppose that's the important thing to do notice well. Is it for, because if it's for 18s, mm-hmm. then that is a, an adult. You know, that's not a child. No.
1: I mean, that. that's the, like, I think if it does, if anything does come of it, it will be about like regulations to do with that kind of thing. Because if you're, you know, you can't complain if your kid's playing an 18 rated game. Exactly. That's like um, bringing,
0: bringing Grand Theft Auto 5 back to the shop and say, well, I can't believe there's all these horrible things. And it's like... You gave it to your seven-year-old. It's called um, Grand Theft Auto.
1: But I think the thing that has been brought up is that things like uh, trading cards and stuff, like I bought shitloads of Pokemon trading cards when I was a kid, uh, and they are fine. Yeah, you know, like they're not gambling. So the argument is that loot boxes operate in a similar way. Yeah, um, because
0: but- because you get you mightn't get what you want. But, but you, you get, get something.
1: something yeah
2: it's it's more a game of chance than it is gambling per se isn't it that you could argue that some people would argue about well because the thing is when you do like say pokemon cards or premier league stickers that exactly, i used to yeah, collect used... as a kid you'd you'd always be wanting to get a shiny in the pack and, and the same with pokemon cards actually um but the thing is you don't always get what you want and you trade those things out now with loot boxes you can't Obviously, I do that, but you mm-hmm. at least get something out of it.
1: I, I imagine there will be some species of small investigation or some kind of like look at it, whether it results in anything concrete, we will see. But yeah, it will probably be something along the lines of you have to declare if there are loot boxes in it on the back of the pack or something like that. Or like loot boxes can only be in age 12, you know.
0: Yeah, because like, like even the ESRB, which is the American. Uh, regulation board and Peggy, which is kind of the European one, yeah. have both come out and said that they don't consider loot boxes to be gambling. Yeah. And so same, it's like you have a lot of yeah. different stances kinda going on here. Yeah, absolutely. It's um they kinda of, they don't see it
2: as that. And also UK, the UK like um, gaming industry. Um gaming industry bored i guess um and like they also kind of take the same stance as well and they don't believe it's gambling per se but i don't think microtransactions like that are in kids games at the moment that are under 12 so say if you
0: they're i mean clash of clans like well
2: what do yeah clash of clans yeah but i mean even so that's you need to have a, an adult's account a to be able to. Or,
0: yeah. You well, do. Yeah, you but need to have. A, yeah, you're you right. need to
2: verify your age. Yeah, to be able to do that. And even with games like, say, NBA, that has these things as well. It's a twelve-rated game because of content that's in the game, anyways.
0: The NBA games are twelve.
2: It will be, yeah, because of the music that's in the game.
0: Really, mm. didn't know that. That's weird. Yeah, it will go on for a bit, uh, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see where it where it kind of ends up. To be honest, um, to Kind of be serious For a moment uh, Over the weekend On Friday A former Naughty Dog Employee By the name of David Ballard uh, Went public With uh, A claim of Sexual harassment That he faced Whilst working on uh, I think it was Uncharted f- Or was it on Last I don't know It was a Naughty Dog game It was know, the, Uncharted 4 was That was his Chartered last 4. project there Yeah Um so he, he first went to Facebook and, uh, yeah, po- posted it privately to his friends and family and whatnot and then decided to go public on Twitter. And uh, his statement was, in late 2015, I was sexually harassed at Naughty Dog by a lead. My work environment became extremely toxic afterwards. In February 2016, I had a mental breakdown at work and Sony, PlayStation, HR became involved. When I told them about the the harassment, they ended the call and fired me the next day. They cited the company was moving in a different direction and my job was no longer needed. They tried to silence me by offering 20000 if I signed a letter agreeing to the termination as well as to not discuss it with anyone. I declined to sign Uh, And I have been unemployed for 17 months since. Now, uh, after that, Eurogamer went to PlayStation themselves looking for a a statement on the matter. And their statement was, "'We have recently read on social media "'that an ex-employee of Naughty Dog, Dave Ballard, "'claims that he was sexually harassed "'when he worked at Naughty Dog. "'We have not found any evidence "'of having received allegations from Mr. Ballard "'that he was harassed in any way at Naughty Dog "'or Sony Interactive Entertainment.'" And they go on to say that harassment in the workplace is something we take very seriously, and you know we, I suppose, like we we would have have this on record if if that was the case. Um, I I, I mean, well, first of all, I suppose this I I I can't remember. Does he say it? he does? Yeah, yeah. Ballard kind of mentions in his statement about you know a lot of people now are coming forward about the harassment that they have faced in in the workplace because of the Harvey Weinstein stuff that everyone listening, I'm sure, is well aware of. Yeah. Uh, and kind of, I suppose, felt that he could come forward now. Uh, but PlayStation's response to it is quite strange, I found. Like, to... I to it's bad. Well, 100%. Like. But, like, to to say that, like, we have no... Like, what is it? We've, we have no record of it or we're, like, basically kind of Same
2: poo-pooing it, you know? We have no receipts, so we can't check this out. It's... The thing is if an allegation is made in any way shape or form however small or however large it needs to be investigated. Um and the thing is it's a thing like that as well. It it's, there's no way to say everything. It it's fucking awful. And they just they needed to they they had the opportunity to come out and say, right, okay, maybe we don't have a record of this but we will investigate this. And that's all they needed to say.
1: But they basically said, like, as far as we're concerned, this never happened. Yeah, like, and it's like they've
2: pretty much said they've cooked. Well, it's like people now um, accuse them of cooking the books and kind of sweeping this under the carpet.
0: Well, I mean, uh, the the idea of him being offered uh, what well, twi- tw- twenty twenty grand, yeah, hush, hush money, as you say. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's but I, right now you do see a lot of people coming forward about maybe things the uh, harassment that they have faced in the workplace or or things that they weren't sure about at the time but in reflection seemed like harassment or you know, um but yeah, so Sony's response very, very strange, very peculiar.
1: I think people forget as well, in large companies like that, the HR department is often more there to protect the company than individual employees. Yeah. Really? C-
2: cross the T's and dot the I's.
1: Like for stuff like this. Ra- rather than like protecting the wo- the well-being of of an individual employee. Mm-hmm. It's it's to make sure the company isn't going to get sued. Mm. Not to make sure that like an employee is okay. So it's yeah, it's a really bad response. Yeah. Really bad.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh but uh yeah, so I don't know, again I suppose that'll be a developing story is yeah, in in the coming coming days. Yeah, I mean, and weeks.
1: it wouldn't surprise me if more people from the industry came up because I'm sure it must happen. And you you hear stuff like mm-hmm. you, I I got a DM from someone last week saying, you know, I've heard this person is not great and stuff. Maybe you know, so like stuff gets passed around in the same way that people said, you know, there were rumors about, about Weinstein. Weinstein, yeah. But if you can't the, the, like the, if it's not your story, you can't. Exactly,
0: yeah, yeah. But it was like it was like even oh, was that last night? I saw the the Courtney Love video being passed around on Twitter. It was like Courtney, Courtney Love until I was in five being interviewed on some red carpet. Saying
1: specifically, yeah. It's
0: specifically. It was like, do you have any, uh, war, any piece of advice for like upcoming... I know a musical artist or actresses or, or whatever. And yeah. she she kind of goes, I don't want to libel in it. But she, then she just kind of stops and she goes, look, if Harry Weinstein invites you to any pool parties or
1: something like that. Or like a party in the go. Four Seasons in hotel, it, yeah. like don't go. Don't go, Which yeah, is yeah. specifically exactly what people have been saying he did. Like, 12 years ago. Yeah.
2: I mean, people have been saying stuff about that for years and years and years. I mean, there's reports of people even going to the police about it 20, 30 years ago and nothing being done about it. So... I don't know. It's awful, but they just need to talk up about it, really.
0: mm mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Age, Alice Bell. I know you're a fan of that. Yes. Well, I have some sad news for you because the creative, dra- former creative director, I suppose, Mike Laidlaw, is after leaving Bioware after 14 years at the studio. Uh, he was he worked on Mass Effect, Mass Effect J- Jade Empire, and of course Dragon Age. Mm. And what what did he work on all? Three yeah, of the dragon He's he kind of
1: like, I guess, the, the showrunner for a lot of it. Uh, really like, he seemed just like a really cool guy. He was really like friendly, like very interactive with fans and stuff. Um, asked a lot of questions and stuff. Was like, just seemed like a really, you know, chill, cool dude and, and influenced the series a lot. And it's, it's really sad that he's leaving, especially actually as it's kind of not concerning, but like they've lost a lot of big names. Mm-hmm. at Bioware recently so L- Lailor's not gone uh, David Gader who is
0: that's a DJ isn't it
1: yes <laughs> D Gader yes uh, <laughs> who who was the lead writer for Inquisition left <clears throat> recently as well um, now there are obviously there's a, a lot of like great talent left there and stuff. I think Patrick Weeks is taking over the lead for Dragon Age. Uh, they're still making the next Dragon Age which they, they still haven't Still con- hasn't been confirmed? Still hasn't been confirmed and yet Yeah, like even, even um, Like a producer uh, I was, believe it was Mark Dara tweeted about on, it yeah. was like uh, can't wait for you to see what we've got with the next Dragon Age. And still it hasn't they haven't actually it's said amazing. we are
0: making an, a new Dragon Age. The so
1: strange. Bioware employees more than any other Dev, I've seen, are just massive trolls about their own games. So Mark Dara in particular will sometimes just tweet like an image of like uh a Dragon Age book or some Dragon Age art or or like just a colour. So like for for every game he tweets like a, a colour wash like months before it comes out. It's like this is the colour we're thinking of. The okay. kind of. He's done that several times. Uh so it's it's I think it's gonna have a big effect on the series. A, a really big effect, which is obviously, something I'm I'm thinking about as a ba- a big fan of the series. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, they, I mean, they've had a lot of. They lost their um. Bioware in general lost lead, didn't they? Um, yeah. Um, after uh, Andromeda, replaced mm-hmm. with Corey. Yeah, Corey. I was, was going to think of his last Corey name, Corey Feldman, but not Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> Can you I imagine?
0: D- uh, that would be yeah. It'd be something to see, really. Um, I don't know, but uh, like most. Child stars of the eighties. I'm sure he kind of was playing video games at a time, but then stopped maybe around the Game Boy. Which, funny enough, actually <laughs> uh, brings me on to the next story. Uh, Nintendo has filed a trademark for the original Game Boy, uh, which is just—is uh, this par for the course, Chris? Like, or is this a sign that they're going to bring out a new Game Boy? Uh, like this, this showed up. Uh, it was reported by a Japanese Nintendo fan site, Nintendo switch uh, And the trademark was filed on September the 15th. And it basically covers uh, a certain number of things, like programs for smartphones, cases, key holders, watches, and more. So is this jumping the gun to think that this could be a Game Boy Mini or Game Boy Classic?
2: I don't think it's any of those things. I think it's more a, a, a case of um, IP protection. Um, I think so. I mean... it. I wouldn't put it past them to kind of release one. But um, I think it's more to kind of, when you look at kind of the terms of the trademark application and stuff, it was it was like for phone cases as well and key rings and things like that. And there's loads of copies of stuff like it can get online. So maybe they're just going, right, we want to kind of gain control of that because it, it's, it's more a case of kind of a legal step they need to take. So yeah, I don't think there's one coming.
0: And you know what else isn't coming? What's that? Episode two of Dark Dreams Don't Die, and this makes this is this is quite a, a personal story. To be honest, it makes me very sad. But the director of D4, Dark Dreams Don't Die, Swery, as he is more popularly known, uh, a Twitter someone on Twitter asked him about why D4 was never finished because the first episode came out in two. To 2015, I think. Yeah, it was like almost a launch title. Wasn't it? Almost for what? Yeah, for Xbox. Xbox. Um, I, oh, it was fucking great. But anyway, as uh, yeah, someone asked him like, "Where was Episode Two? Why was it not finished?" And he tweeted him back saying, "That was my fault. So I am very, I am sorry, ten thousand times. But I was sick, and I have to left uh, X company. Life is sometimes difficult. Life is sometimes tougher than you think." Uh, so it was basically, yeah, he, th- that was around the time that he left uh, that developer access games for health reasons, then retired and has now subsequently come back with uh, White Owls, which we'll get onto in a second. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, do you know what? He's spot on. Sometimes life gets in the way of shit and you just, you just have to kind of realize that and move on. It is sad, though, because I made a habit of asking Phil Spencer every year before E3 never responded to <laughs> me sadly uh, but I asked him every I was just going like listen are we getting a trailer for the next episode of D Fox? that would be that would be absolutely banging Phil didn't answer me sadly as I said but <laughs> he's will busy I know, man he, he is a busy man quite terms. busy these days yeah uh, but yeah speaking of sweary The Good Life has finished with 45% of its fig goal mm. or its fig campaign has finished I suppose yeah uh, wait, I don't really know where it's going from here he's um, launched it on Kickstarter now I'm just gonna try all of them,
1: yeah. yeah. Go for it, yeah. Process look, of elimination, Fig's a weird one, right? Fig. So, the first thing funded on Fig, I think, was Psychonauts 2. And Tim Schaefer of Double Fine, who are making Psychonauts 2, is like one of the board of Fig or something. It's like so, it's Kickstarter, but also you can put in money to get investment shares yeah. in the company, uh. And I think it's a bit of a confusing one for people who are used to just like if I give you some money you make the thing mm-hmm. uh, rather than if I give you a lot of money then you make the thing and maybe I get some you know but it's like um,
0: Kickstarter confuses people anyway because they almost think they become investors like it's yeah. not Kickstarter you're pre-ordering a product that doesn't exist yeah Basically, that's what yeah. it is
1: Um, and it was I mean for starters A fig is kind of yeah confusing and B uh he asked for like 1.5 million, which even massive, like gone are the days when games would regularly make that in their Kickstarters. You, I think you need to be a bit more kind of, you know, Conservative. come down a bit yeah, with yeah. your estimates of what you can achieve on a crowdfunding platform.
2: And also, the thing is with FIG, people tend to use that platform as a means of raising initial funds to then interest other investors and backers to kind of get involved with their project. So it's like he was using FIG, uh, I think, as a means of kind of funding the entire development rather than using it as a portion. Mm. And I think that's where it kind of fell down, really.
1: We'll see who it does doesn't kickstart. I mean, there's been a lot of chat about it. Like, it looks interesting. Because the the game is like you are a woman living in an English town and you do, you know, quaint English jobs like sheep shearing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh And then at night you turn into a cat or there's mm. an addition where you turn into a dog. And also you turn into a cat and or dog on your period as well. When yep. the character on her period, which I for one am interested in as a concept. <laughs> I mean... Great, sure. But I mean, you know, it may never come to pass if it doesn't Mm. get kickstarted.
0: Shame. On to what we've been playing this week. And in many ways, I have been revisiting a period of my life. A period from about three years ago, I suppose, when I played the first game. What (laughs) period is that, Colin? But uh, also the period when I watched South Park religiously as I'm sure most of us of a certain age did because it was rebellious and cool and we stuck to the man or the man being our mammy, or daddy. Yeah, exactly. Saying, Fuck you.
1: I wasn't allowed to to watch it because it was too rude but sometimes I stayed up late and secretly watched it anyway.
2: <laughs> I bought the chef single. Do you remember that? Of course I do. Chocolate, yeah. salty balls. Oh, sucking my chocolate, then, salty balls. Then
0: Isaac Hayes went down to become a Scientologist and yeah. they killed him on the show. <laughs> Using their voice caps from all the other episodes. Yeah, it was an interesting, interesting thing. But... Yeah, South Park in in the game world uh, was shite for many years, and then Stick of Truth came out twenty fourteen, I think, and that was great. Uh, an RPG where the combat was all right, but the story was—I mean, to be honest, it was the best episode of South Park that I had seen in quite a while. Now, mm-hmm. South Park: The Fracture, but Hole, which is the new one, isn't quite as good. In that regard In the now, story Now it improves in other places But yeah the story itself It's just not as funny Really You know when you okay. When you when you break it down It's not as funny And it's too long Therefore The gags kind of The the gags drag As the game drags And there's only so many times You can There's only so many Kind of fart jokes You can kind of take Now Don't get me wrong I'm not saying I'm a bit Solely into like <laughs> Highbrow humour and uh, like farts cannot be funny. Farts can be hilarious. Farts can be great. But like over the course of like twenty plus hours, like this isn't this isn't a twelve hour kind of jaunt. Like there's a good no. solid. Everyone I've spoken to who played the game have b- been at least over twenty hours. So like it, it's it is a long enough game where the story ends about five well, well four times I'd say towards the end. Mm. It's kind of, yeah, it just drags a little bit, which is a, a shame. I know it was a worry you had about when it's, you played I, the preview.
1: I, yeah, so the, the previews I played, um, certainly the, the second one where we played a big kind of three-hour chunk, that it was a bit more, it was more funny. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was like, I thought the combat was really great mm-hmm. and I really liked the new systems and the kind of 3D space that they, the, you know, how they'd expanded it, but... I didn't think it was going to be as funny. So I essentially thought it was going to be the other way around to which is kind of truth,
0: which is kind of what it was. It right? kind, of, kind of what it is, really. Like, again, like not... Listen, I still think Eric Harriman is a terrific character because he is an absolute psychopath. Like, yeah. he, he's a wonderf- wonderfully realised, just lunatic, basically. I think... I like I really enjoy Butters. I really enjoy like there's, there's an awful lot even if like me you're a lapsed South Park fan there's a lot for you to enjoy here but it does it does play to say some of the strengths of mo- of the more recent seasons and episodes of South Park even yeah. some that I wasn't kind of familiar with uh which I won't go into massively for spoiler reasons but uh yeah the, the if you're a fan of South Park you'll enjoy this probably. Because, like, even if forgetting all that, just walking around the place is oh, so good. Like, I remember, again, playing the stick of truth and thinking similar. But jumping back into that world, it's so good. Seeing the cartoon kind of come to life and creating your own episode of South Park almost. Seeing where landmarks are in relation to other ones. Kind of going, all right, the school is there. And then when I kind of walk down this way, I, I come across... Cartman's house, or do you know all, all these kind of different landmarks? Is really, yeah. it's it's just cool. It's like a procedural it's, experience. It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's very, very interesting and very, very nice, very, very kind of comforting almost in a strange way, you know. But the the combat is definitely where uh, the game shines because I look back at some of at the stick of truth combat, you kind of forget it, like. Like, all right, fair enough, everyone, everyone at the time kind of went like, yeah, it's easy or whatever. But my God, when you compare it to the to the fractured butthole, it, this is a massive leap. Rather than on a single plane, like the first game, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you have a foreground, a middle and a background. It happens in a, a fixed grid when you have a, a full party of, I'm trying to remember, what is it? I think off the top of my head but a full party of a number of characters you can choose three of those to bring into most battles with you and uh, like some some of them will be better support characters or better kind of aggressors you be able to pick a kind of a healing type class mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of build up your, your your party and because yeah because it doesn't happen on just a single plane each attack or each ability I suppose rather than attack that everyone does I suppose what, what could I say? They all have a different kind of area of effect, really. Some of them, like uh, one character, see, I don't know, you don't even know if, if like mentioning character names is a spoiler, but like one of the characters has one ability that I fucking spam the shit out of. That kind of happened in like a, di- a diagonal yeah. way. Uh, another character, they have like a grenade type thing which you can pull into play. At, any point of the grid and attack an enemy anywhere on the grid. So they've all quite varied. Like for instance, right? So everyone has three uh, uh, kind of abilities if you want to call them that and one ultimate. And the ultimate, uh, there's a meter on screen that you fill up over time by attacking your enemies or there's like a recovery... Uh, I think it's called Ultimate Recovery where when someone attacks you you have a certain window to press the X button or mm-hmm. A on on Xbox and when you have the ultimate up everyone has their own ultimate special super power and they all same as the abilities they all do different types of things but they have, like, quite a long little cutscene intro mm. bit to each Ultimate. And they're, do you know what? They're very good when you first see them. The Coons, Carmen, his being, like, one of the better ones. Is, it's very good. Mm. But then when you have to see that all the time, it becomes a little tiresome. The, F- same, the summons on Final Fantasy. Well, this is well. there's also summons in South Park. And they also, like, there's four different summons. Different periphery characters, uh, and when you use one of these, sometimes they're to attack other enemies, sometimes they're to heal, to heal, yeah. Uh, and when you kind of uh, when you call on one of these, again, same type of thing. It just mm-hmm. takes a little bit long. There's no, do you know what? It, it would really benefit from a fast forward button or a skip enemy turn button or something like that, just to speed up the process because it is it is a turn based RPG. Mm-hmm. So the thing like. Sometimes you want to kind of push it on a little bit because it's a game that relies on comedy, but when the jokes are happening over and over, they're constantly repeating themselves, they lose the kick of the punchline. Comes a bit rote. Mm. Yeah, in that regard, it's, I don't know, if it had some sort of skip function, that would would have been nice. Or even if it edited the animation it's yeah, kind
2: of brought it down something. a
1: bit. Yeah. I remember I being kind of a bit like that in the first one as well, though, because uh, the one in particular I remember is uh, if you had Butters in your party in the last one and he, you did his special attack, he, every time, I mean, it was really cute because I still find Butters quite cute, but he would, you'd have to watch the animation of, like, Butters with a little butterfly and then him turning yeah. or turning into Professor Chaos and then a giant Professor Chaos coming on screen like he'd go, meh, mm-hmm. like,
0: uh, like, every time. See- seeing if, like, the first... Two or three times, maybe you got. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. But then after a while, it just yeah becomes a bit, bit tired. Yeah. Uh, but still, like and, and yeah, all right. The first one not that challenging. This one not overly challenging. A bit, a bit more challenging, to be fair, I suppose. But I'd probably recommend people play it on hard. If really, if, yeah, because I, I found would.
1: it um much more challenging in the combat.
0: I found it more challenging, but not not overly. Like I, I how many. I didn't die an awful lot and I think a lot of those don't again like when I talk about it being more RPG like yeah. uh, you have these things that you collect called artifacts which I kind of sort of understand power in Destiny no? because in South Park they have might <laughs> which is this a similar thing you have your might yeah. number which, by the end of the game, you are going to be fucking minted because you rarely use money. You're going. You're probably going to have 800 might. Uh, your level is going to be outrageous. Like, you're going to be a, a god-like figure. But, uh, yeah, I, I did want to kind of bring up as well when to talk about the RPG-ness. Like, the character, the customization in this is great. I think people kind of spoke about this in the preview stage a little bit, uh, where you can create a character and you can... Basically choose Yeah you can create Whatever they look like That's grand And you can also create A girl which you couldn't do In uh, the first game But you can also create Like a a, a Non-binary character You can Choose their sexuality You can What else can you do You can choose Their religion You can choose Like you can Fucking craft Pretty much Every single thing About this character That you want to Craft You can do so Yeah Which I think is quite cool and at any stage in the game, you can also change that. So, like if if yeah, if you want to kind of go back to you talk to a specific character to do all this. If you want to go back to to them and kind of go, no, I rather than be a, a cisgender girl, I want to be a transgender boy, or I will rather than. Um, uh, my faith to be christianity i wanted to be a uh, muslim or whatever like i, I heard, know, that's quite cool. well,
2: they had the color sliders didn't they for the difficulty levels originally yeah.
0: does that actually make an effect D- well see on the ag- game, again do you think? again i think that was last of the time because that that was that wasn't the, the, it, you it choose wasn't, the canvas it,
1: yeah it wasn't the difficulty slider it was it was like choosing your race was labels difficulty but it wasn't really i think yeah it was Whereas w- Combat Difficulty was... Similar.
2: I mean, it's quite clear what they were going for when they kind of added that feature in. It was basically a piss-taker society today. Yeah. But I just th- wanted to see how it would actually make a difference.
0: Like, the, there there are a few a few threads in there that do riff on modern society. One in particular, which I, I quite enjoyed. And again, I don't want to completely shit on the entirety of the story's, story. Uh, there are a decent few ups as well. It's mm-hmm. just, it kind of... Toos and fro's a little bit much for my liking, and by the end, most certainly does kind of drag a little bit. Well, but be, like on and on, very much enjoyed it. Very it, much. Enjoyed it'll
1: it. be interesting to see like different people's takes on different parts of it, especially like with the RPG system, because I know like uh, a bunch of trans people have said actually the way that they've implemented that in the game is not good. But you know, I guess you know we'll we'll see. Like you know as. As it's out, mm-hmm. or when it's out, we'll see more people talking about it. It'll be interesting to see. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'd be and very intrigued to hear all the opinions Perhaps on uh, it. the
2: first of many, though, do you know what I mean? Hopefully, in terms of trying to... I mean, Staff Park's always been about pushing boundaries, hasn't it? Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, comfortable or uncomfortable, so...
0: Well, I think I think that's all. Like Their mantra has always been, we'll take the piss out of everybody. No yeah. matter your race, colour, or creed.
2: And they do the whole both sides thing, don't they? Mm. And it's like they've come in for flack because of that but i mean sometimes you just have to take it for what it is and kind of just if you can't laugh at yourself how can you be expected to laugh at other people do you know what i mean I it's like say- a, in, t- in terms of like that british kind of self deprecating sense of humor that we have and it'd be nice to just be able to kind of just take the mickey out of everything and just not get because everyone gets offended very easily and South Park's always been about going, well, fuck it, let's just take the piss out of everyone and then that way it's okay.
0: Some people get scared as well, though, rather than Ooh. get offended. Yeah, true. They get scared in a game called The Evil Within 2 as well.
1: Do they, though? I believe. Well, <laughs> that's, f- that's for you to tell me, really, I suppose, yeah. isn't
0: it? Do they get scared? The Evil <laughs> Within 2, I'm intrigued.
1: Right, I don't want to be a dickhead, right? Because everyone's opinions are valid, but I can't help but feel that maybe, the, like, somehow the people who are giving this 8 out of 10 played a different game by mistake.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> inflammatory comments from one Alice Bell.
1: Listen, right. I didn't used to like scary games. I used to find them very difficult to play. Just kind I'd of to sit yourself. And, yeah, yeah. I had to sit and play them, like, at a time and then go away and have a cup of tea and then come back so, so I used to find them really difficult and obviously needs must and now because there are so few of us everyone has to play everything <laughs> so so now I'm kind of okay with them and I, like, I, I've always enjoyed them but now I can enjoy them and also play them in a, a decent amount of time um, mm-hmm. so The Evil Within did a lot of interesting stuff I liked it uh, The Evil Within 2 I do not think is very good okay uh it is added there are some bits in it that are very good uh but they are the bits where it's kind of doing similar things to the first game, so there are some uh kind of more linear set piece bits where you're maybe in uh, a mansion that is kind of uh the playground of a a serial killer photographer who cuts women up and stuff. Uh, and those bits are really atmospheric they're really creepy but kind of strangely beautiful as well um There are some bits where you're being chased around your memories or your like the character's memories of the first game by this really kind of creepy freezing cold wraith woman, and her she sings out of tune and that comes out of your controller and it's really creepy oh, okay. um bits like that are really good, but you've now got. These open world bits as well.
0: So, is that the main difference between the first one? Because I, I didn't play an awful lot of the first one. I think I got to the part with the Chainsaw Man, which is about 15 oh, yeah, minutes yeah. in, <laughs> and I was like, ah, fucking. I'm out. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what this has like, is it open world or does it have open worldly bits? It
1: has open world kind of sections, I guess. So, the plot of this one is, is you're the same character, it's a direct sequel, and I would argue direct enough that you should probably play the first one because it references the first one a lot. I mean, I'm not having a go at it for being a sequel, though. Yeah, yeah. But um, you, as Sebastian Cast... I can't say his name properly. Castellanos, who is a terrible detective, by the way, but we'll get onto that. Um, He, in the first game, went to... like His child died, his wife left him, he became an alcoholic, and then he went and investigated a series of murders at uh, Beacon mental hospital, which then turned out to be inside the mind of a deranged murderer who had invented this machine that can put a load of people in one person's mind basically. Oh, uh, nice. So, second game uh, turns out that all along uh, Sebastian, this isn't a spoiler either, this is a big focus of the trailers, but it turns out, <laughs> out the whole time Sebastian's daughter wasn't dead and she'd been kidnapped by this science company this secret society Mobius that controls the entire world basically and Lily, his daughter, had been used as the core mind for a new version of STEM that they built to be like, like basically they're like, this technology is great. We can end hunger, war, et cetera, just by putting everyone in a fake world, essentially, yeah, as yeah. if that would work. <laughs> uh So with using Lily, they've made this town called Beacon. No, sorry, called Union. Uh And Union's like kind of all American, like any, any town USA, uh, Except, as you know, as as always happens, some sociopaths manage to get in, and -hmm. it turns out that because sociopaths have such like iron self belief or something, just whatever they can control and get powers from Lily and can manipulate the world and stuff. So, a all the people that used to live in the union are now either dead or turned into monsters, and B there are these sociopaths running around creating more horrible monsters. So, (laughs) uh. Sebastian has to go in kind of try and stabilize everything because it's all breaking apart and kind of folding over itself like Inception and B, find his daughter, right? So the open world bits are kind of chunks of union that you can go so there'll be like a bar and a hotel and like a gas station or whatever that you can kind of explore a bit. Um, And they're really fun to start off with because you're like this is like it's kind of cool seeing like this idyllic American town abandoned and fucked up and full of monsters and stuff and um it's it's fun kind of exploring you find some fun stuff like maybe you'll go into a house and you'll find a memory of someone who you know lived in Union you know stuff happened to mm-hmm. them so, or like you'll get shut in you'll go in a garage because you see some crafting stuff in there so you're like I'll go grab that and then run out again but you get shut in and then like a zombie comes to life behind you or whatever like there are little surprises like that in it. but <laughs> eventually well quite quickly really the game makes you track back and forth across them. So, you'll be like, okay, so your objective to start with is over this side of the map, and then you reach that, you do whatever you need to do up there, and then it'll say, right, your new objective is back the other way, <laughs> like completely mm-hmm. opposite side. And I think that's to kind of.
0: Pump... Is that so you explore the.
1: I world? well, I think it's more to kind of pump up the because it will be somewhere you've already been. Like so, the example specifically I'm thinking of is that you go, you try and find your daughter. She's not there, and then you like radio. Um, someone you found in Beacon who's in the safe house and he's like you have to come back to the safe house and then you go back to the safe house oh. and, and he tells you to do a thing and Sebastian's literally like I think the game is aware <laughs> because Sebastian says you could have just told me this over the radio and the guy's like no I had to give you a gas mask too <laughs> right mm. so you know so that got annoying and it was more annoying because and this is my big problem with the game some of the mechanics are bullshit Like they just so there are like obviously stealth mechanics in it, so there's a lot of kind of um, hiding, like uh, you know, like you can stealth in, for example, bushes. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time, the bushes are so big they take up the entire screen, so you can't see. You can't see. Oh
0: shit! You
1: can't see out of the bush. You can't see what you were hiding from in the first place, or where it is, or which direction it's looking in. Huh? You can just hear it still kind of (laughs) going out there. So you're like, well, this is. This kind of negates why I hid in the bush in the first place. Uh, Stuff like, so sometimes uh, you will be like, you will shoot an enemy at fucking point blank range in the face with a shotgun. But because like the game started uh, an attack animation, it's like, well, I'm not letting that stop me now, for God's sake. Right. So that gets very annoying, especially because the survival part of it, of the survival horror is all about, you know, conserving your resources and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that pissed me off. Uh the stealth part so you can take cover behind walls and stuff but like not all of them <laughs> so like the the cover button can be quite sticky because you have to hold it down to stay in cover well there are two kind of different uh control maps that you can use you can change your control mapping and stuff but like found the cover to be a bit sticky mm. Um and I found like that some of the monsters are really creepy but I found them somehow less interesting than in the evil Within. so in the evil Within, they were kind of all about um there were sort of manifestations of uh this one guy's kind of feat, so there's like you know his um uh his guilt at his his sister dying okay, or yeah. like uh uh you know he's pretty, like the arguments that it sort of represents his his need for privacy all this kind of stuff, but in this game, most of them are stuff like uh so for example the the psychopathic um artist guy. The monsters he creates are creepy, but they are all just like I think it's fun to cut women up and stick them back together. Funny, like which so is there's no like nuance to them, it's just just less. I felt okay, um, or I found them less interesting. And the, yeah, the other thing is that like <laughs> Sebastian is fucking stupid. Like he like, and it's not like, but it's just because of the way the game is put together. So like the the keyword, like other people are pointing this one out. Like you'll find a door. And so he'll be like, A door, it's locked, there must be a key somewhere and you're like, Okay, fine. But then the, the uh when you find the key, there's obviously like another it initiates another like okay, so he's found the key. It initiates a response that's literally him being like, Key, well there's a lock, there's a key, gotta find the door for the key. It's like Sebastian, you're a fucking idiot. It's I mean it sounds a little bit
0: original Resident Evil, like kind of like bit Ah, shonky, you're the master yeah. of unlocking <laughs>
1: Uh, but it's just stuff like that or like um, you there's a thing happens and this guy is like you've got to turn off the machine that I built in the next room so you're like cool we'll go and do that so you and this other bird go to <laughs> turn off the machine and you look around this workshop and find some stuff that you can look at and interact with and Sebastian's like looks like he was building something in here I wonder what it was and the other woman is like maybe it's the machine that he just told us about that's what she says. Yeah, but she doesn't say it in a, you fucking kidding me, Sebastian. Or maybe she is. Like, maybe the game itself is like, this guy's stupid.
2: And they're just not conveying a correct idea.
1: Mm. <laughs> I don't know, so, yeah. That's, it's that's... just weird. Because there is a bit like, there are mini games in it as well. Um, because you can, you go to like your, your room, it's called like Sebastian's room, which is him remembering his detective sergeant's office where he's a policeman. Mm. And that's where you level up and... uh get new skills and do all that kind of stuff. And eventually that unlocks a mini game where you just you basically target practice. And then if you get enough points through the target practice, then you get more rewards and stuff like that. And like one of the, if you don't get enough points if you fail to reach the next target, one of the things he does is that, you know that line from Hercules where he's like, disappointed! Right. He does that. But then I was like, but that's kind of indistinguishable from some of his other lines. Like... There's a bit where um like there are collectibles, so on the collectibles you get has projection slides that are pictures of like his family and shit. Uh and one of them is a picture of his family, um, and he's like, Oh, this time I thought Lily was dead. And then Kidman, who's also in the first game, is like, Well, she's not, she's alive. <laughs> and Sebastian goes, Tell that to my brain. Tell that to my brain. Fuck. Like, Fuck it out. That's a great <laughs> line. <laughs> So I just, it's, there are some good bits in it. But for the most part, I, I was just kind of a bit disappointed. Disappointed? You were almost a Jill
0: sandwich.
1: It's me, Mario. Would you call it,
0: yes. Let's go, Bowman. This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. No! Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character And you Chris Hallam and you Alice Bell must give me the correct answer All you have to do is say stop and then give me said answer Now I did just want to say a, a, a kind of a congratulations to you Chris I believe didn't you get it right last week? Yes I did, but yeah It was you against, um, yeah, against Richard. young Richard Walker yeah. So yeah, congratulations oh, thank uh, you Alice Bell, you're back in the game this week yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, fingers on the buzzes of your stops. So, clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 1997. Nineteen hundred and ninety-seven. Clue number two. On that, I was actually guesting in someone else's series as promotion for my first solo effort. I didn't get my first game until 1999 on the Game Boy Color. There you go. Have that. Clue number three. <laughs> because, so just want to preface this, because it was kind of like tie for time and stuff because we had to do it today as opposed to tomorrow. It was just... Clue number three. I am an animal. Stop. <laughs> Alice Bell.
1: Oh no, it's not
0: going to be right. Pikachu. Incorrect. <laughs> Clue number four. My most recent appearance came in April 2015. Again, in a different series. To mine Clue number five My most famous outing Came in 2001 It sold poorly As the console it was on As the console What the fuck was it It sold poorly As the console it was on Was on its way out But it gained a cult following Because of its more Adult themed content Stop Alice Bell Conquer. And this week's winner Yes (laughs) Is Alice Bell. Well done, Alice. Excellent. My guess would have been
2: wrong anyway, so I was going to go for Diddy Kong, but um, uh, well, that d- wouldn't
0: have been right. Do you know what? We'll go through the clues, Chris, because, I mean, I'm my conquer knowledge isn't fantastic, so I didn't know this, but clue number one, my first appearance in a video game came in 1997, Diddy Kong Racing. He appeared in Diddy Kong Racing before... I had no yeah. a, ...a conquer game. Uh, and clue number two, on that I was actually guessing in someone else's... Series As promotion for my first solo effort uh, Which came in 1999 on Game Boy Color Which was Conker's Pocket Tales Which was the kind of Very cookie cutter Nicey nicey yeah. uh, Platformer Clue number three I am an animal He is uh, <laughs> Clue number four My most recent appearance Came in April 2015 Again in a dif- different series That was in Project Spark uh, Which was like That was episode one Of Conker's Oh it rhymed a Bad Fur Day It was like it was Something to do with His ten year anniversary I can't remember what it was But yeah, yeah It was like that, episode one Came out in April And that September They announced That they were just Canceling the rest of it So I don't know I, I don't know what it was like And then of course My most Clue number five My most famous outing Came in 2001 uh, It sold poorly As the console it was on Was on its way out But it gained a cult following Because of its more Adult themed content The console was the N64 The game was Conquer's Bad Fur Day And the squirrel in question Was Conquer. Congratulations Alice Thank Bells you and Alice. Finally. Every Tuesday or Monday on this occasion, I apologise Chris, alright? Fucking hell, I can only do so much Uh, We turn to twitter.com and ask you lovely people for your questions to be included in this The Question Segment of the Video Gamer Podcast And you answer in kind because you're all brilliant, thanks Uh, James Spooky Wilson asks
1: Oh, Halloween name edition, okay, let's go
0: It was Friday the 13th recently and in in honour of Jason X what is the worst horror film that you love?
1: Ooh. What is the worst
0: horror film that you love? Uh, I mean, do you know? In many ways, the original Scream, because mm. but then I don't know—is it really like the original Scream was great? It for wasn't time, bad. Like. It was really it was, good. It was yeah. great, really. If anything, but like uh. some, some of it now, you look at and it is a bit. Schlocky, I suppose. Like I do, always enjoy and sometimes even use the
1: "I'll be right back."
0: The shaggy fellow—I don't know what his name in the film was. Randy. I, yeah, I know was which it? one. I mean, think man. it was
1: uh Birdemic's. Pretty good. Butter-demic Bird-demic As in, bird, as in, it's in, as in a epidemic bird. and bird fused together
0: A bird epidemic if Bird-demic, you will Bird-demic
1: yeah it's, I, But it's it's terrible terrible But like in the same way that The Room is enjoyable yeah. It's a terrible terrible I'm trying terrible to think film.
0: of a bad horror film that I enjoy Do you know what I I have one Because is that a horror Well that's more of a thriller But fuck it I'm going to bend the rules slightly Because there's a bit of killing in it So you could say it's a horror film yeah. um, Oh what's the name of it? Knock Knock I think is the name of it The Keanu Reeves Oh one shit On Netflix Yeah I watched, watched an hour of it And I was like I'm out I watched this recently It's brilliant It is a sack of shit It's horrendous Keanu Reeves <laughs> is the leading man And who? Someone like Big Directed it Was it Eli Roth or Yeah yeah Someone like that Eli Roth makes there. shit films My He heart, does
2: doesn't he, he Routinely Fucking films. shit films
0: Fucking terrific
2: I think for me it was Teeth oh s- the, yeah. and Megan
0: Fox. i've never seen it but i no I it's not megan fox it. one is it, is it
2: nice? no it's um i can't remember her name it's this blonde lady and um she was sexually assaulted or something and then where her lady bits are she has teeth mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and what follows is brilliance
0: mm. <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine uh ross mcmahon asks video games are video games
1: uh, video space games, but curiously, when you refer to us as a website, it is video no space gamer. gamer. <laughs> Important to uh, to remember that <laughs> as well. Uh,
0: Chris, video games are video games. What Alice said, of course. Yeah, you're not allowed to <laughs> use but any this, other This, <laughs> this is yeah. true. This is true. Yeah, yeah. If you um, if you say Eve, video games now, but you... even I mean, well, I would have always been a fan of video games. It's 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 two words. Mm-hmm. Fucking. Cop on, lads. Let me see. Uh, and one final question from Zoe Jen. Should I buy a Switch? Also, what colour? What colour switch? The grey one, I say. I and say a black greyish gray one, yeah. one. Do you reckon? Mm. Yeah.
2: No, i will go with a neon.
0: Ah, but but you need everything in your entertainment space to look yeah, similar, exactly. You Otherwise, right, it yeah. looks silly.
2: But it's it's not going to be long until Nintendo releases all the different colors, anyways, because they've got the red Joy Cons coming out with Mario. Yeah. So then, is there
0: a, did they have a Splatoon one? Or they did. Uh,
2: they did. They did the Splatoon yeah, Pro green, controller and then they've done the yeah. They've done the yellow. Is it lime green and pink?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah lime yeah, green yeah. and pink. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Some combination of those colors, Zoe. Uh, I would personally say, yeah, Space Grey, I believe it's called. Or is that the iPhone?
1: That's the iPhone, thank (laughs) you.
0: oh they've infected my mind so much uh, but that just about does it for this week's edition of the video gamer podcast thank you very much dear listener for listening and of course the VGBG's thank you video gamer boy and our girl for your continued support you're all fantastic if you want to become a video gamer boy and our girl you can do so by heading to patreon.com forward slash video gamer uh, also you can subscribe to this lovely podcast and of course review it on iTunes many of your podcatching apps but if you gave us a review on iTunes of five stars that would be only Delightful uh, You can follow us all On Twitter as well I am at Colm underscore Hearn Chris is at IBU666 Alice is at Baby Got Bell And Video Gamers On Twitter uh, Facebook Instagram And Snapchat At VideoGamerCommon Common And YouTube YouTube.com Forward slash TV. But for All of your VideoGamer needs Just head to VideoGamer.com And now it's time For my least Favourite part of the show This is the part of the show where we must bid the listener adieu, and Rich Walker, fuck you, motherfucker! Right, <laughs> you come at the king, you better not miss, all right? Dude, no one can imitate me. But anyway, yeah, say goodbye, Chris Allen. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Ellis Bell. Goodbye. And say goodbye, Conor Slon Sláinte.